You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. L-A-S-I-K-LASIK.com Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K-LASIK.com This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories. And we tell stories about everything here on this show, from the arts to sports and from business to history. And now we continue with our Opportunity America series that's sponsored by Coke Industries, which employs some 67,000 Americans. Georgia Pacific, a Coke company, makes many of the paper products we use every day, from tissue and toilet paper to paper towels and more. And Alex Cortez now brings us the story of one of Georgia Pacific's employees, Vic Billingsley, who lives in Hattiesburg, in our own home state of Mississippi. 
1998, Vic Billingsley was diagnosed with non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver, although Vic was able to live a pretty healthy normal life for years. It wasn't until 2007, nine whole years later, that his doctor said, you need a transplant. Kind of all of these things going through my mind as to how do I escape this? There's no, there's no exit door. This is what the cards I've been dealt. I got into a scenario to where your mind is, is moving at a hyper speed and it's, it's one of those things that's just absolutely ever present. You, you can't escape it. I would go to sleep at night only after being just totally exhausted because I couldn't turn it off. You know, it was, it, was, it was so pressing on me. And I would finally fall asleep after just being totally exhausted and would go through the experience to where, you know, I'd only sleep probably maybe a couple hours at a time. And when I'd wake up, I'd go through this thing to where I'd go, wow, that was, that was, a, that was a terrible dream. That was, that was a bad dream. And then the realization would hit, you know, you'd get that gut punch of it wasn't a dream. You know, this is, this is your reality. And that replayed itself a whole bunch of times. And then came the part to where you've, you've got to be admitted into the hospital to do the testing, to see where you fall as a candidate for a transplant because just because you need one is not necessarily guaranteed that you're going to get one. So then that's when the waiting game began. I constantly had my cell phone with me, you know, everywhere I went. Anytime the phone rang, you know, the first thing you did was flip it over and look at the caller ID. And there again, every time it rang, you're, you're sitting there wondering if this is the time that you're going to get that call. The call came in on a Sunday morning. Actually, it was a, about 6, 6.30 in the morning. Catherine picked up the phone and kind of looks at the caller ID. And she, she asked me, she said, who is, who is, it says Sanders Foreman. And I came wide awake because that was the transplant surgeon at Tulane. So I answered the phone and he says, this is Vic, this is Dr. Foreman. I just want to let you know we have a liver available, but I want to talk to you about it. What we, the situation we have is there's a five and a half month old little girl in Miami, Florida that is also in need of a transplant but she only needs a certain part of it. And we can have the remainder of it if you elect to accept this. He said, we hadn't, we hadn't really done this before here, but we think we can handle it. He said, the only problem will be where we uh, face the liver, which means where they, where they make that separation cut that when we put it back into you, we, we may have some bleeding issues and that's a concern, but we but we feel confident we can handle it. Well, uh, I was full awake and trying to process 
what he's telling me. And I asked the question, I said, well, can I, can I, can I think about it? And his response was, I'll call you back in four minutes because there's also a time consideration when they have these organs available. So I wanted to talk to my brother and my, my sister, her being a nurse practitioner, him being a physician, and, and kind of get their opinion on it. So I got them on the phone, my brother's in Florida and my sister's local, and we started discussing it. And then we also got Dr. Florman on the phone and started kind of discussing it and talking about it, all the different ramifications and such as that. And my, my sister finally said, well, the good Lord's got us to this point. You know, we just have to, that's where we need to place our trust. And I say, we go for it. And so the decision was made that, okay, we'll go for it. You know, the reality kind of hit real hard at that time that this is this is actually going to happen now. You know, it's like it's like being on a roller coaster ride. You can't get off in the middle. You got to ride it to the end. Well, I had worried and, and fretted so much through the whole experience. And at the time that I got that call, I I was of the 100% thought that I was going to go down there and I was not going to come back. I just, I did not believe that I was going to survive the operation. And so what that brought onto the plate was that morning, I honestly thought I was looking at my kids for the last time. And you're listening to Vic Billingsley, his story of one of the big moments of his life, the turning point in his life, being told there was a liver available, but this operation was going to be difficult. He assumed the worst, looking at his kids, what he thought would be, for sure, in his own mind, the last time. And by the way, Vic found comfort in his co-workers at Georgia Pacific, who offered him a vacation time, organized fundraisers for him, and prayed with him. When we come back, more of this remarkable story. Our Opportunity America series with Coke Industries continues here on Our American Story. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. And we continue here with Our American Stories and Vic Billingsley's story. And when we last left off, Vic was certain that he'd die in this operation of a lifetime. He just didn't see any hope. By the way, he'd lost his dad to liver cancer as well. And he was about to share a liver with a five-month-old baby named Kara. But let's go back to the story because, well, he was certain he was never going to see his kids again. Uh, I wound up uh, on my kitchen floor, on my hands and knees, and... I was absolutely sobbing. 
and I think I had scared my children quite quite a bit. Here's Vic's daughter, Haley. So I was six years old, and I had no clue that my father was sick, not even a hint. Every time he had a doctor's appointment, he would, you know, not make a big deal about it. He'd say, oh, you're going to go stay with your family friend this week, or you're going to go stay with your friend from school this week, and just kind of played it off like I just needed to be babysat because they were doing something. But turns out all of those times he dropped me off, they were going to hospitals and meeting with doctors and trying to figure out a game plan for his liver transplant. And dad just kind of had this look on his face, like something wasn't right, but you couldn't tell what it was, like something was out of place. I just remember looking at him and thinking like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) And he just kept looking at us and staring at us and he watched us for a good bit of time and then he just starts crying out of nowhere. And I've never seen my father cry, like not, never before. Never after, my dad was on his hands and knees crying on the kitchen floor because he thought he was going to die. He thought he was going to leave us forever and he would never see his children again. And me being clueless and innocent and just trying to allay a situation that was very stressful, um, I was sitting in a chair above my father while he was on his hands and knees And I was just petting his head saying, it's okay, daddy, it's okay. I don't know what's going on, but you'll be okay. There I am on my hands and knees and and she kind of hugged my head and started patting me and, you know, saying, it'll be all right. You know, she she didn't really know what was going on, but uh, she was trying to, comfort me. She didn't know what was happening, but she was trying to help me out. And that memory just sticks out to me. So I finally, finally composed myself enough to get up and uh, I didn't want to let go of them, but had to. And even though he was crying, he didn't tell me why. I just got dropped off at a family member's house to be babysat for a week, and nobody told me what was going on. Nobody updated me. Nothing. We didn't clue them up a lot about this as the children. We didn't sit them down and say, hey, this is what, this is what we're going through. We kind of kept them in the dark. You know, Whether that was a good decision or a, a bad decision, I don't know. It was just what the right decision felt at that time. That if they had to worry about what I was going through, that it would it'd be very hard for them to to go through. And we didn't know what their level of understanding. We didn't want to scare them to death. That was kind of where our decision in not really telling them what was going on came from. So we left and started heading toward New Orleans. The whole time I'm thinking, if I come back to Hattiesburg, it's gonna be in a 
a long car with curtains on the side and finally make it to the floor where things start happening. So they start prepping me and you know, cause they're still waiting. The liver is from the donor is over in Baton Rouge. So they're having to take care of getting that organ and splitting it and then making the transport over to New Orleans and then to Miami for Cara. Dr. Foreman walks in and basically says, we're gonna get you through this, he said, but there's a few other things you need to know if we go into this and we open you up. He said, if I, if I find any evidence of cancer outside the liver, then we're gonna sew you back up and we're not gonna do the transplant. We're gonna offer that up to somebody else. That was kind of a new twist to it too. I didn't, I didn't understand, you know, I, I understood what he was saying, but I didn't, I hadn't had previous knowledge of that. So had he opened me up and there had been something else, then I'd probably been close to the end of the trail. had carried pictures of, of the kids, of Jacob, Noah, and Haley with me down there. I told the nurse, I said, I want that to go in the OR with me. Um, she wrapped it up in a sterile bag or whatever, put it on the bed with me. And I remember going into the operating suite and <laughs> felt like I was going into a freezer. It was very cold in there and they slid over to a stainless steel table and got the happy juice and was kind of out of it for a while. <laughs> I woke up and nobody was there and I'm wondering what's going on. I've got a pretty good bit of cutting on my abdomen and a lot of discomfort, but that discomfort is very much overshadowed by the fact that I'm still alive. Yeah, I hurt, but even hurt can be an enjoyable experience when, when you're able to hurt, as opposed to you don't have to worry about hurting anymore. And little Cara also survived the transplant. And she was such a, a small, delicate, child and to sit there and think that she had gone through the same thing that I'd gone through and there's some stark differences there. First off, I went in with knowledge. I went in knowing, well, I mean, as much knowledge as, as could be given to me, why the wherefores, whereas this small, beautiful baby, she didn't know why she was experiencing all of this. You know, that's, that's kind of what's playing in my mind is, is she's going through all of this, this pain, discomfort, and nobody can tell her or explain to her why. She's just having to go through it on her own to a certain degree. And then at the same time, coupled with that, it was a totally different perspective when I looked at Keisha and Kurt to imagine what they as parents were going through. When you're sitting there and, and you're virtually helpless to do anything for your child, 
you know, I'm sure they, they suffered tremendously from having to watch this occur and mine from the whole other flip side of the perspective of where I felt like I was going to leave children behind. To me, that's a huge dynamic. And the thought goes then to, for she and I to live, somebody else had to perish. But through their gift, look what they've done. This, this beautiful child was able to continue living. I was able to continue being a parent. And you're listening to Vic Billingsley. And my goodness, what empathy he has and should have. And when we come back, we'll continue with a compelling and beautiful story of Vic Billingsley. This is Our American Story. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, big ones and small ones. If we keep them bottled up, boy, that can be a real problem. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know people who've profoundly benefited from therapy, learning everything from coping skills to setting boundaries in their life. You don't have to have experienced major trauma to benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's safe. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OAS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash OAS. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OAS. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. And we're back with Our American Stories and Vic Billingsley's story of successfully receiving a liver transplant, a topic that his daughter Haley decided to write about in an essay competition for college scholarships that her dad's company, Georgia Pacific, offered and led to more than a scholarship. Here's Haley reading a portion of her essay. At a time when the world seemed gigantic and my sole worry was whether I would get to play with toys or watch TV after a long day of school, agony slipped into my life in an unexpected way. March 2007 was a month of worry, confusion, and doubt. My father seemed invincible to me. He was the strongest man I knew, and yet he was dying? As the innocently clueless six-year-old I was, I lived my life imagining my father as an infallible hero that could do anything, never imagining that in less than a week he would be fighting for his life on an operating table. My father was incredibly brave throughout this process. He was still the man walking up and down the sidelines at my soccer game, and he was still the one picking me up every time I fell. All this time, my father remained calm and steady in the most turbulent times of his life. Abruptly discovering that my father was previously sick and recovering from a major surgery changed my whole viewpoint on life and the human condition. I went from believing that death and agony only existed in storybooks to contemplating the intimate reality of the silent suffering of my valiant father. I could no longer imagine that my father was invincible and I began to understand the fragility of life. I learned that people are human no matter how strong they may seem and that you cannot rely on the promise that they will be here tomorrow. Nearly losing my father taught me to love deeper and live more honestly, because life happens too fast to delay speaking the truth. I have become more compassionate to the sufferings of others, and I am immeasurably thankful to still have my dad today. With his example, I live my life with faith and confidence that storms will come, and I can face them, no matter the outcome. But the outcome of this essay was winning. I was shocked. I just thought it was going to be one of those things where, you know, kind of like buying a raffle ticket, something you do, and you don't ever really hear the results, and it's something that someone else wins, but you don't win. You just do it to support a cause or to say that you tried. 
there was a scholarship um, luncheon from the Georgia Pacific Scholarship at my dad's branch. And someone in his office pulled me aside and said, Haley, we have a surprise for your dad. We'd love to, we'd love your participation in it. And I said, of course, anything to pull something over my dad. I love messing with my dad, good or bad. <laughs> I love messing with him. And so she told me that they were trying to get in contact with Kara and schedule something to where she could meet my father. And when she told me that, I was completely shocked. I said, oh my gosh, that would be incredible. I freaked out a little bit, but it was, it was hard to keep a secret because it's something that would make my dad so happy if he knew that was happening. But I couldn't ruin the surprise. And then a few weeks later, Bill Worley with GP calls me and says, hey, uh, I was reading through these essays and the one your daughter wrote was pretty interesting and kind of wanted to learn a little bit more about it. And he thought it was enough to do a story on. And Joy Light and I can come down to Hattiesburg and talk with you and Haley and set it up for Georgia Pacific to film for them. So, you know, we'd be talking about filming and we would get in arguments about how much food we needed for the day. And it was so hard not to just say, Dad, Kara's coming, we need food for her and her family. <laughs> and then that day, I remember it was, you know, we set it up like a, a TV set where everything behind the scenes is quiet. And making a noise is just disruptive and not needed. Bill said, well, let's take a break for a minute. So we, we were taking a break and then we started going back and Haley said, well, I, I need to run out to the, to the car to get something. And I said, well, okay, you know. And she didn't want to have to step through all of the stuff that they had out there for the, the lighting and all of that. She wanted to go through the back gate. It's kind of a big, tall wooden gate. And I'd tried to go through there the day before and it was kind of difficult. So I said, no, don't go through there. Go, go, go through the front. And she was kind of, I, I didn't know why she wanted to go through the back. So she said, okay, she, she went out the front or whatever. And I remember meeting Kara and meeting her parents and welcoming them and just embracing them fully and just having my own private moment with them to just embrace them and say, it's been a long time coming and I'm so sad it's been 12 years and we just, we're just now meeting. And so I had that little moment with them and then I walked them through the back gate and we went up the back porch and my dad was facing the porch door. And so when I opened the door, that door makes a lot of noise. And I remember my dad looking at me in the eyes kind of with this look of, have you lost your mind? You know we're supposed to be quiet. Why are you making all that noise? The door's opening up, and I'm thinking, why is Haley coming back through that way? Well, she walks through, and then... <laughs> My dad's just completely confused, and I move out of the doorway. Then Carl walks out, and I'm just totally astonished with that because I'm sitting there with my eyes seeing her, but my mind can't 
fathom that, they're, that what I'm seeing is real. And my dad's look shifts from confusion and annoyance to just utter shock and awe and amazement. You know, she walks up and, and I instant recognition because I've seen her so much on Facebook and, and then Kurt and Keisha walk in and, and I am just totally blown away by seeing them there. And it's still it's living that moment. I just was one I could not believe. And, I, I'm, and everybody's kind of smiling with this knowing smile. And I realized I had been sandbagged that, that I was the only one that didn't have any knowledge about it. And, you know, getting to, to finally give Cara a hug and Keisha and Kurt to finally see them and meet them. It was just it was just a an awesome experience. And it just felt right. We're 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 bound together. We we have a bond. Uh, it it sounds a little maybe sounds a little funny, but I do feel a very strong bond with her. And it's, it's, it's difficult to explain, but we have a tie that kind of brings us together in a, in a fashion that I don't know of any other people that are, that are kind of tied together like she and I are, but it's, it's unique and it's a blessing. And what a story, Vic Billingsley's family story, his own personal story. As Vic told us, he and Kara seem very different on the outside. He's an old white guy, and she's a young black lady. But on the inside, they share a liver and a common belief that they're children of God. And that stuff really matters. Our Opportunity America series, sponsored by Coke Industries. And by the way, that letter of his daughters, there are two kinds of fathers, folks. A father who gets a letter like that, and a father that doesn't. Vic Billingsley's story here on Our American Stories. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Our American Stories, and as you know, we tell stories about everything. Very few athletes, let alone celebrities, have achieved the legendary status that has been given to George Herbert Babe Ruth Jr. Here's Mike Gibbons, Director Emeritus and Curator of the Babe Ruth Birthplace and Museum in Baltimore, Maryland, to tell us just a little bit about what made the Babe a legend. Well, today I'd like to talk to you about one of my favorite topics, and that would be Babe Ruth, the guy that I've spent most of my lifetime studying and celebrating. He is arguably the most celebrated athlete ever, and certainly the greatest baseball player of all time. Now, people ask me all the time, they say, well, how can you say that? How can you say he's the greatest? And it's an easy answer. He is the only player who starred both as a pitcher and then as a position player, not to mention being the major's all-time slugger with a 342 batting average. When he retired in 1935, he held 206 major league pitching and batting records. His talent certainly puts him on the Mount Rushmore of sports, but his bigger-than-life personality and the timing of his move from Boston to New York in 1920, the beginning of the Roaring Twenties in America, helped make him into an American cultural icon, right up there with the likes of JFK, Martin Luther King, Marilyn Monroe, Honest Abe Lincoln. So all these years after his death, 72 to be exact, virtually every American and countries in Latin America and Japan where they play baseball they know the name Babe Ruth. His autograph, the most valuable and recognizable of all. What contributes to this unprecedented celebrity? Certainly, it's his baseball accomplishments, but also something legendary, the tales, the myths, the legends that helped to mold 
that legendary aspect into the man. Let's start at the beginning, right here in Baltimore, and how he got to the point of having the most famous nickname in all of sports. Ruth grew up on the west side of Baltimore, along the waterfront, came from a modest family, blue-collar workers. They were saloon keepers, mom and dad. They were so busy trying to run the shop that at the age of seven, his father threw up his hands and said, George, we're going to be taking you to St. Mary's Industrial School. And there he stayed until he was 19 years old. So 12 years he stayed at St. Mary's and was raised by the Zverian brothers, most notably a guy by the name of Brother Matthias. And Brother Matthias instilled in Ruth a little bit of discipline, a lot of religion, and taught him the game of baseball. Ruth went on to, for the rest of his life thinking that Brother Matthias was really the man that he admired more than any other. And uh, Matthias gave him the gift of teaching him how to pitch, throw, catch, hit, all those things. Ruth excelled at St. Mary's to the extent that when he was 19 years old, he caught the attention of the Baltimore Orioles minor league owner and manager, a guy by the name of Jack Dunn. Now here is where the nickname comes in. So Dunny goes out to St. Mary's and signs Ruth on Valentine's Day, 1914, to a contract that would pay the youngster $600 a month. Ruth said, that's more money than I've seen in my whole life. So Dunny takes Ruth along with his minor league Orioles down to spring training in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And there, word spreads about Dunn having to sign guardian papers to get Ruth to be a professional baseball player. The St. Mary's Industrial School would not have released Ruth until he was 21 without someone else signing over for the legal guardian rights to to George Jr. So off they go there and word gets out that that Dunny is his legal guardian and the players and reporters covering the team started referring to George Ruth as Jack Dunn's baby. And this is in mid-February 1914. Within a month, the Baltimore Sun is referring in print to Ruth as Babe Ruth, and the nickname obviously stuck forever. Now, the next thing I wanted to talk to you about occurred on his first uh, stop at Major League Baseball in Boston, where he was a star pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. As a matter of fact, he was so good that in the five full seasons he played in Boston, he helped deliver three World Series championships to Boston and the Red Sox and was just a, a burgeoning star. His name was known, known nationwide by then. Babe Ruth was, everybody thought that he was the best left-handed pitcher in the game. But he got sold to the Yankees uh, over the winter of 1919-1920 and headed off to New York, the Yankees who had never won a championship. So he goes to New York, plays there 16 years, and in that time delivered seven World Series appearances for the Yankees. In the meantime, the Red Sox totally dried up and over the next 86 years failed to win a World Series championship. And that became known as the curse of the Bambino, something that is still talked about to this day, especially in Boston. A lot of people know that Babe Ruth loved children maybe more than any other athlete ever, at least that we have seen. 
Babe went out of his way throughout his career, throughout his life, to visit children in orphanages and also hospitals. He always uh, would be trying to bring some joy to children uh, down on their luck or in some kind of trouble. And on one of those uh, one of those hospital occasions, uh, just, that's where the story of little Johnny Sylvester comes from. The year is 1926. The Yankees are playing the Cardinals for the World Series. And word gets out, and this supposedly came from Johnny Sylvester's father, who was a big Yankees fan, that little Johnny is dying of a rare blood disease, and is there anything that the Yankees could do to, to lift his spirits? Well, the story goes that Babe Ruth predicted he would hit a home run for Johnny in the next World Series game. So Johnny listens to his radio, and Babe hits a home run and lifts Johnny's spirits. But in fact, that day, Ruth hit three home runs, so he must have really lifted uh, Johnny's spirits to the extent that Johnny got better and went on to live a, a long and productive life as a banker um, up in Connecticut. Uh, in 1986, 60 years after the event, at the museum, we decided to celebrate the little Johnny story, and I went looking for Johnny Sylvester. I found him, uh, and I asked him, I said, John, do you have anything to prove that Babe Ruth um, predicted he'd hit a home run for you? And Johnny says, not only can I prove it, I'll bring it to Baltimore and show you. And Johnny came down to Baltimore, and he presented a baseball to us. And on the baseball, Babe Ruth wrote, I'll knock a homer for you in Wednesday's game. And uh, that ball stayed on display with us for about 20 years. It was one of our, our most popular artifacts. So just a great story. But it just shows you just how incredible Babe Ruth really was. Next up is the 1927 barnstorming tour. The Yankees had defeated the Pirates four straight games in the 27 World Series, and Ruth and Lou Gehrig went out and toured the country, going to small towns uh, to play baseball games. Well, this was a big deal because back in the 20s, uh, it was rare when Americans could see their, their favorite athletes or, or movie stars or things like that. They pretty much had to go to a movie theater to watch movie tone reels to, um, to, to get a glimpse at these stars. So Ruth uh, and Gehrig take off on a six weeks tour and give uh, their fans an experience that they would remember for the rest of their lives. It, it was so big when they came to town. Uh, the only thing I can liken it to in today's world is when the Beatles hit America in 1964. We had never seen anything like it. Back then, uh, it, this was equal to that. Ruth was the biggest thing that ever happened in America. And the last thing I want to talk about is the called shot home run. This is where Babe Ruth supposedly points and then uh, where he's going to hit a home run and on the next pitch, he does. It occurred in the 1932 World Series uh, game three, October 1st, 1932. Uh, Ruth is with the Yankees. They're in Chicago playing the Cubs. They're up two games to none. And in the fifth inning of that game, Ruth comes to the plate. The Cubs had been giving him a lot of grief throughout the game, throughout the series actually, and he was pushing back. And with a two and two count, he stepped out of the box, supposedly pointed either to center field or at pitcher Charlie Root, but said to Root, I'm going to hit the next pitch down your throat. And Ruth hit the ball to center field on the next swing, and the ball became the longest home run in the history of Wrigley Field. So there you are, just some examples of the indelibility of Ruth's celebrity and his mythic status in this country. He is an American icon. He's an all-American dream come true, the big fellow, the bambino, the babe. 
In World War II, and I'll leave you with this, the Japanese, when they charged American positions, they shouted, to hell with Babe Ruth, knowing that Babe was precious to them, maybe more precious than anything else. And that's the way Babe Ruth was, bigger than life. And great job by Robbie, and a special thanks to Mike Gibbons, the director emeritus and curator of the Babe Ruth Birthplace and Museum. The story of the legendary man known as Babe, here on Our American Story. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.